All right, I want to go to Eric Olson now. He's one of the attorneys who argued this case for the plaintiffs. And Eric, I appreciate your time. As I said, we knew there was going to be a decision. I don't know that very many people expected it to be quite like this. Maybe you are one of them. The court did rule in your favor, not unanimous. It was 4-3. What was your reaction when you first saw this moments ago? I was thrilled and, and proud to be uh, <clears throat> in America where courts can hear disputes like this. We had six Colorado voters put on an <clears throat> equal footing with a former president. Each got to put on our case. The district court ruled, uh, found facts, and, and ruled on the law. One way the Colorado Supreme Court reviewed that work, agreed with the factual findings, but disagreed with one important legal finding, but found that he was, uh, in the end, Donald Trump was disqualified under the Constitution to be on the ballot. Right. And of course, the original ruling was was inconsistent, right? It said he engaged in insurrection uh, and and but but it was OK for him to be on the ballot. I'm shorthanding it. But that was the inconsistency that was being probed here. Yep. Now, the Trump campaign obviously says tonight that it's going to swiftly. That's the word they used. File an appeal to the United States Supreme Court. This is where uh, the margin that I just mentioned is important. Right. This was you not not unanimous. It was a four three decision. Um, uh, Trump's campaign, of course, is saying that all seven were appointed by Democrats. Seems to be besides the point because it was a split ruling, uh, four three. But nonetheless, what are you are you ready for this? I mean, this is going to obviously come very very quickly. Yes, we're ready for this. Colorado <clears throat> law allows for these challenges to occur very quickly. We had a you know tried a case argued an appeal. Uh, we, of course, know that the Supreme Court is a likely destination um, for this decision, and we're ready to present our arguments and optimistic about uh, their review of the Colorado court's careful and thoughtful approach to both the facts and the law here. All right. So I want to just ask you about these dissents, and I haven't had a chance to read all of them myself. I'm sure you have, but obviously it was 4-3. The Chief Justice uh, Boatwright was uh, among the dissents, right? So the Chief Justice of the Colorado Supreme Court does not agree with this decision. Uh, and in part, uh, the writing here is that dismissal is per particularly appropriate here because the electors brought their challenge without a determination from a proceeding. It, for example, a prosecution for an insurrection-related insurrection offense. And uh, Justice Samer uh, seems to also concur with that, right? That this determination that the former president engaged in insurrection uh, was put in by a judge in a ruling, but not determined by a, a jury or in, in a full due process setting. What's your response to that? Thanks, Aaron. I'd say two things in response. First, President Trump had all the opportunity he needed to put on the witnesses and call the evidence that he wanted to. He chose not to testify. He chose not to use all the hours of trial allocated to him. He chose not to uh, call witnesses remotely like like we did. Um, actually, you have one witness remotely, but, but he, he didn't take full advantage of, of the, the due process that was here. And second, our Constitution is clear that you become disqualified once you engage in the insurrection. There is no need for a specific finding by a court or a tribunal uh, for that disqualification to attach. And all that the courts did here was confirm that the conduct that Donald Trump engaged in leading up to and on January 6th met the definition of engage in insurrection. And that's the process mm. the Constitution expects. And that's the process that Donald Trump received in this case. And of course, though, when you look at the um, Department of Justice and Jack Smith special counsel, right, they haven't yet proven that in a court of in a court of law. Um, how do you feel about your odds with the Supreme Court, given that? Well, I think that the civil and criminal uh, differences are, are significant here. Mm. There's no uh, fundamental right to be an, 
presidential candidate, unlike their, where your liberty interest when you're a criminal defendant. And so we think and hope that the, the U.S. Supreme Court does what the two courts that have heard this case so far have done in Colorado, which is thoughtfully and carefully look at the facts and the law. And we believe the conclusion is clear. So again, we're optimistic uh, about how the U.S. Supreme Court will review this, particularly given the <clears throat> care and hard work that the Colorado courts uh, engaged in here. All right. Well, Eric, I very much appreciate your time. As you say, you're thrilled and, and no doubt about it, obviously a very significant uh, win for your team tonight. And I thank you very much for your time. Out front now, David Axelrod, the former senior advisor to President Obama, along with Joan Biskupic, our senior Supreme Court analyst who joins me uh, on the phone. David, um, look, this is seismic. You've run presidential campaigns. You've got a, a, a primary election in Colorado beginning of March, you got to print all the ballots, you got to yeah. do all this. And right now, you, you, you have the former president of the United States from the Colorado Supreme Court, they said, take his name off it. How do you even respond to that if you're, you're a campaign? I, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's safe to say this was a seismic ruling. Uh, well, there's no question about it, Aaron. Uh, one thing that hasn't been mentioned is that three other states have gone the other way in right. terms of the, how state courts handled these challenges. So, of course, the Supreme Court is going to have to sort this out because you can't have individual states deciding uh, this question. Uh, but uh, if you're look, I, I don't think it's any secret how the Trump campaign is going to handle it. They're going to handle it the way they've handled everything else. They're going to say this is a, a judicial fiat to deprive people of their choice. And there are tens of millions of men. Look, the guy is 50 points ahead in the Republican primary for president here. So they're going to say this is an effort on the part of, you know, and as you read earlier, they're already blaming, you know, Democrats and Biden and all of that right. uh, to try and deprive people of their choice. And so it's seismic. I mean, the legal question is is seismic and Joan can address that. The political question is seismic as well, because what would happen actually if the Supreme Court of, uh, adopts this position and prevents Trump from running before he's even tried on this, by the way, he does have a trial coming up right. ostensibly in March where they will act, they will hear uh, facts uh, around his activities leading up to the insurrection. Uh, but what what is the impact on a country that's already badly divided uh, of a decision like this where people are tens of millions of Americans are told you can't vote for the candidate of your choice. I'm very, very torn about that because I think what he did was the most right. heinous thing a president can do. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, we, 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 we don't want to rip the country apart. And we're faced in history from time to time with questions like this. And now it's in the lap of the Supreme Court. Right. I mean, Joan, this is the point, uh, you know, when you, you, you take, as David points out, three other states have ruled the other way. And yet you have this coming out tonight, uh, a seismic event, a significant decision, granted a split Colorado Supreme Court 4-3, the chief justice among the dissenting. How consequential is this? Uh I can't overstate the consequences of this evening. And I also want to stress how we now have two major, very critical Trump election issues barreling toward the court. They will have to decide both of these one way or another. And the other case, of course, is whether he is immune from criminal prosecution for election subversion. That's the case brought by special counsel Jack Smith that's now pending up there. And we may know by the end of this week whether the justices will hear that one on an expedited schedule or have it first heard by a U.S. appellate court. It, 
both of these are huge issues. You know, when I when we even wrote about the immunity <clears throat> question last week, we talked about how novel it was and how unprecedented in the context of the uh, Jack Smith um, uh, election subversion uh, right. controversy. But this one, this one is really um, so novel because we it's just never been tested in this era at all. Uh, the and- 14th Amendment ca- uh, query. And as David rightly points out, other uh, other state courts have gone the other way. This one, I think both of them need to be resolved quickly, and only these nine justices are able to resolve it. And I, I do want to remind everyone about how even when Donald Trump was in office, every single case of his, uh, from administration policy to his own business cases that came to the court, they were all yeah. fraught. And these are especially fraught because they will affect his election prospects, especially the Colorado one most directly. And, you know, I, I know that um, from from what I what I've heard in the discussion so far, yeah. uh, Aaron, is that, of course, Colorado election officials have said that this matter has to be settled uh, by the first week in January, around January 5th, which is the deadline to you know get the list of candidates on the uh, for the GOP primary. But they also and they also had the issue of overseas ballots, as I understand it, that there's a, a deadline for when those have to go out. And oh, if, right. if this whole thing is just stayed and kind of put on hold, what happens to voters who receive the ballots that have Donald Trump's name on them? Because, of course, the ruling that just came tonight <laughs> has been postponed. You know, is is some harm already done now? You know, again, this this is a heavier lift for the challengers than the immunity case. I think this is a very, very hard case for the U.S. Supreme Court. But look at, you know, the challenge, the voters who challenged uh, Trump's name on the ballot. They just won. So, you know, it's it won't be unheard of if they somehow prevail at the Supreme Court. But it is a a higher mountain to climb, whereas the the immunity question that Jack Smith is is bringing, that has a little bit more grounding. And I could see I could see him prevailing in a way that maybe uh, uh, Trump, uh, the challengers here don't, don't right. prevail. 